This is Family Like a Ghost, and this episode is Josephine Has a Use for You, Fetish Bondage Grooves. And uh, as we said before, uh, the lead singer of Family Like a Ghost is a creation of subtractive synthesis using the Roland uh, Vocal Transformer VT4. <clears throat> when we first started the Ghost, we used the Roland JDXI. We used a soprano mode on my voice to turn myself into Josephine. And we play Josephine, like we've talked to people about it, as um, you know, as a method actor type of situation where we've gone into her character and we kind of go all in. So Josephine's origin comes from uh, some short stories I wrote when I went to Bowdoin College. And I created a play called September. And she is the sister of Stephanie Ann Windhover. Uh, Stephanie Ann Winhover actually appeared first in September as a ghost uh, that was uh, in the science fiction low novelette. And uh, the idea is, you know, the Windover girls, which I talked about in uh, some of our first releases on Synesthesia Sweet Neo Soul Surrender, is a couple of Windover girl songs. And they, you know, in those songs, they go to the rave, they're, they're very aggressive and assertive and kind of, they rule the rave. They kind of are the focus of everyone's attention. They just, uh, you know, they know what they want. They know what they want to do. Lately, we've actually had a song where we discussed the origin of Josephine. Uh, and we wrote a song called A Loss Too Deep for Words, where we describe the situation where she's negotiating the curves of her lover while she's driving a, a fast machine on a dangerous mountain road, they have an argument. Uh, Josephine crashes the car. And then that accident creates a rebirth. And she's born again as Josephine Electric. And she is lost in limbo in a way that she can't can't fully die. She can't go to the next world. She's kind of stuck here. She's stuck on earth. And then she has to uh, deal with the curse of that, you know, her, her argument with her lover, you know, killed her lover and then they killed her, but then she was brought back. And then now she's Josephine Electric. But this song here, <clears throat> or this group of songs that we're talking about today, these fetish bondage grooves, what's interesting about this is we, um, we use some uh, some online manuals that Moog did when they had um, the big uh, festival this year at um, at the at the actual convention for all the sense this year, and um, they put out a book, a little pamphlet, a PDF, and then this PDF are all these ideas of how to link the mother thirty two and the drummer from another mother. And one particular idea that we're very interested in is there's a there's a patch that actually shows you how to create a three oscillator synth between the Moog Mother 32 and the drummer from another mother. We wired it up and ran it through our Euro rack. We have an Arturia Mini Brute 2S and a uh, Arturia 6U. We ran the VCA into the Arturia 2S after we created this three oscillator monster. An interesting thing is like the Mother 32 controls what waveform it's going to be. And then it also has all the controls over 
the oscillators are through the mother 32. And it makes a very fat, um, almost like a Moog, um, like uh, System 55, System 33 sound. Um, it's very uh, old school. It doesn't sound exactly like the Mini Moog. It sounds a little older than that. Um, so the, we used it. It had a real fatness. We seemed to be able to do some paraphonic chords. We were able to do like three finger chords because the three oscillators. And um, it, we were just very excited with the sound. So we, we went and created a bunch of songs. And um, one of the first songs we did uh, was this Rave Trapping Round, uh, which is like a rave uh, trance uh, trap uh, creation that we used um, some interesting tones and uh, rhythmic patterns from the Mother 32 using the white noise to trigger a lot of cool stuff. And so that song was kind of like, okay, what, what can we do with this? Then we went in and did 88 keys on my piano, you wretch, which is kind of a diss track um, to uh, a former collaborator that Josephine worked with where we had written the song and then it got put on the shelf because of uh, some sensitivity, some like PC sensitivity. And, and the fact is, they're 88 keys on, on a on a full-sized piano. And so, like, you know, what is the problem? You can actually say 88 keys. There's not an issue with saying that um, if you're talking musically about what those keys are, not some other thing. That So we, we took this idea and we um, had Josephine pretty much, you know, coming down real hard on this person thinking that, you know, they pretty much were were too overly sensitive and they just were you know not really artistic and and kind of destroyed a really good song because of a lot of that bullshit really um so we, we've been very hung up in this whole uh breakup of that situation because the person was like a real ridiculous person um in terms of like if you're you're really into working on a project you don't dump the project because of some social media tiff but they did and uh josephine was, is very uh, annoyed with this person and will probably be for a long time but this song is just kind of what it represents is is the the the, the frustration with the the ignorance and stupidity of that person so and um the other song that we did here is one that we did last night, which was the 29th of September. <clears throat> Using the same three oscillator synth, we uh, played with the VCA. We played with some of the white noise. Uh, we played with um, some other settings on the, on the mother to, to kind of widen the sound. Uh, then we also ran it through the make noise um, maths module in the Eurorack, and that's a utility module we've talked about before, but it creates exponential logarithmic processing of the signal. It also does uh, like LFO and delay processing. So on, on top of that, you know, we played with different levels of the VCA on and off. We also played with the MX1 performance mixer, used some digital delay into uh, the sound to kind of give it some more presence and it becomes very fat and very powerful. And uh, it basically is Josephine in her dungeon playing a dominatrix, uh, fetishizing her 
partner and uh, getting into it pretty heavy. Uh, and, and so, you know, this work says, you know, she's got <laughs> fetish uses for her lover and uh, she's going to do it pretty hard. And uh, that's her. She's pretty rough. She's pretty rambling uh, on the on the move. Alpha dominatrix dominant one. Uh, so you better watch out for her. And um, we're pretty excited about what we're able to do with these songs. Um, the cool thing about having Eurovax or modular senses, you can always reinvent what you can do. We're, we're trying to work toward creating even a bigger synth in that we have two oscillators in um, Arturia Mini Brew 2S that we want to try to stack into this concept. We think we need some stackable cables to order to get this done because using the the routing solution we have right now, if we get a stackable cable solution, we could probably add the other two oscillators into this workflow just by uh, mirroring the workflow we already have. So we're going to get into that from ZZ Sounds or uh, Sweetwater. We're very interested right now in a couple of cents that we're going to talk about again. And we think like the new Roland Phantom is, is a really good um, choice if you're a musician that's um, a producer and instead of looking at like an Akai Force or an MPX the Phantom is, is the old school traditional workstation and the benefit is like if you're a musician you're a keyboardist you'd probably rather use the Phantom than use um, like Ableton directly just because one of the cool things about using the Phantom you have the direct input of everything on the keyboard. In this new Phantom, <clears throat> what's different, which some people maybe not, haven't totally uh, picked up on, is the fact that it's got a synth workflow built into it. The kind of classic Roland synth flow, which is basically the Moog synth flow, going back to the mini Moog. But you can go left to right, and you've got control of the oscillators, control of the filters, control of the envelope generators, and then you've got some other cool things that you've got partials, kind of like a D50. And you've got a virtual joystick that you can kind of mix the partials together, kind of like a D50. And then on top of all these PCM waveforms and the new Zen core, which also includes uh, like the RD piano, which is a pretty cool thing. Uh, it has a lot of, you know, the analog behavioral modeling, but not exactly because the Zen core does it in a different way. But we do have an analog filter on this machine, which actually replicates a bunch of rolling classic filters. It has like band pass, it's got uh, state variable, and then it's got the, the filter from the Jupiter 8. I think it's got the 106. It's got a lot of things that the, the um, System 8 has, uh, the ability to do all these different filter modifications. And it, it looks like it's going to be able to replicate them in the future. The one thing it doesn't seem to be able to do is it doesn't seem to be able to do what the System 8 does because I guess they're leaving that to the Jupiter X and the and the Jupiter uh, XM, which is kind of frustrating because the Phantom, if it had the full ACB, you could have everything. But it's pretty much got so many sounds that it, that it takes famous sounds, sounds from almost every Roland machine that ever was. So... To me, if the best of all worlds, it's missing a couple of things and they can't do a full ACB like a, like a System 8, but it does have so much in it. And then the analog filter is uh, is very impressive. Because even 
a system A doesn't have a full analog filter, it's like a virtual analog filter, but this is a true analog filter circuit. So if you look at that, that's pretty cool. We haven't seen some analog goodness in a, in Roland since like the the um, a JDXI and the JDXA, which I really love. I have both of those, and I use them. I use I use that all the time. But um, what's also interesting is then you look at this system and it pretty much gives you everything you need. You can write the whole song. It's got an interesting sequencer. It's got all the rolling drum machines you want. <clears throat> and then the RD piano and the fact that you can mix an RD piano with like a Jupiter pad or something, that's pretty cool. But the other thing that's out there, that if you're a sound designer, you can't pass up on a couple other synths. Like the big one is the Moog Matriarch, which gives you a four oscillator paraphonic powerhouse with like over 90 patch points. If you got a Eurorack, you're kind of like salivating at the thought of this machine because it's pretty powerful and it's got an awesome keybed. It's bigger than the grandmother. It's going toward the size of like a Voyager, but not as big as a Voyager and not as big as a Moog 1, but it gives you an option that like if you can't get a Moog 1 and you're looking at the Sub-37 and you want something a little more powerful, uh, the Matrix is the premier synth, you know, if you can't get the Moog 1. And you can do a lot of interesting things on, on the Matrix that you probably I can't do exactly on, on the Moog 1. I mean, the Moog 1 can do everything in the world with its, its full polyphony, but the fact it doesn't have the kind of modular nature that the Matrix has, and so the Matrix is appealing to anybody who's real heavy into modular gear. Um, the other synth that's very interesting is the Hydra synth, which is a wavetable synth, and it's got a good price point at 1300 bucks compared to the Moog, which almost 2000 and then if you got the Phantom, it's over 3000 And so if you're trying to get the budget sound designer system and you're not hung up on the fact that it's a full digital synth, uh, I would look at the Hydra synth. With it. It's got a very interesting workflow. It's probably one of the most interesting workflows we've seen um, since some of the classic workflows that we've seen from like Profit, Roland, and Moog. Uh, I found a way to do wavetable synthesis without a lot of menu diving because the diagram module system and the ability to take a lot of the OLEDs and, and swap them out as you're going through the workflow, which gives you a compact workflow. It's kind of knob per function without having every knob present, which is a very cool idea. And it looks like the sound capabilities of the synth are awesome. I've heard it do really good organs and electric pianos. I haven't heard it do any kind of piano. So I was kind of like, I'm very much into having sense to have good piano, which kind of means you got to get a workstation send um, or something like a Profit X uh, and then now the new Roland Phantom or Core Kronos. But uh, I have, I'm very interested in the Matriarch and the Hydrosynth, but the Hydrosynth, I'm not sure if it can do pianos. I haven't heard a sample of a piano, a straight piano on it. So I'm not sure if it can replicate. You would think if it's a wavetable synth, it should be able to do it. It has so many different waveforms. You should be able to get a decent piano out of it. But it's not built like an RD piano system. It's not built to be as perfect or like what you get on a Profit X, where you get like a great like German piano in 1928, grand piano. You got all these really awesome pianos. And the RD's got all these things where you can lift the hood and lid and you can you know, change, tune the strings, you can do all these things. 
um, and if you're going to play piano, you know, with a synth, you kind of need a synth that will do that. And that kind of gets you out of the analog world in some ways. Ways you got to get PCM or sampled uh, waveforms to get a decent piano. But you know, you got to make a decision. The fan has pretty much everything you need, and it's got the analog filters, so you can do a lot of cool stuff there. It's got a lot of links to modular gear, so you could bring in all kinds of cool things. They show people using an SDO two. Uh, I would think you use or you could do a DO5 into it. You do a lot of cool stuff. I could bring my modular rig into it and do a lot of interesting stuff. So we hope you like uh, what's going on. We got a link to our CD that's out there on Amazon. Uh, the Flower of the Pumas at Midnight in the Tomb. There are still some other fan blocker ghost CDs available, like our first CD, Something Wicked, and Indigo Menace. Synesthesia and DSL Surrender seems to be kind of sketchy. It's in and out of the Amazon store. You can check and see if it's there. But the cool thing about the flower that booms at midnight in the tomb is that it was totally recorded uh, using the primary instrument of a teenage engineering, um, uh, you know, the teenage engineering OPZ. And that is an awesome little machine. And we created this album primarily with that with some flourishes from our hardware workflow. So check it out and we'll talk to you later.
Oh, 